I am Planta on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. For 24 hours, starting at 8 p.m. this Friday, the 17th of December, Graham Clark will be taking the stage and performing stand-up comedy. Yes, for 24 consecutive hours, with uh, only a few bathroom breaks, he'll be embarking on uh, marathon comedy, all in aid of a new location for the soon-to-be-demolished Little Mountain Gallery on 26th Avenue, just off of Main Street. The money raised will be used to seek a new space, uh, as the storied venue has hosted many DIY comedy shows over the last few years. This all comes at a time when arts venues like the two full-time comedy clubs in town have closed, and another hangout like the Kino has also shuttered. I'll ask Graham, who joins me now, to, about uh, what to expect Friday night into Saturday night. The team of comedians will be writing jokes for him to use, as well as how he'll prepare for a test of endurance like this. Tickets are $20, and all health protocols are in place, such as masks, presenting one's vaccine passport, as well as government-issued photo ID. Visit StandUpFor24Hours.com for tickets and how to stream the event and donate to this cause. Graham Clark is a three-time Canadian Comedy Award winner and beard painter. He is the co-host of Stop Podcasting Yourself, which since 2008 has produced over 700 episodes weekly. He has appeared on CTV, CBC's The Debaters, Just for Laughs, Funny as Hell, and most recently was the West Coast correspondent for This Hour Has 22 Minutes. His one-man show, Graham Clark Reads the Phone Book, toured across the globe. Also, visit his own website at grahamclark.com. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Graham Clark. Mr. Clark, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, I haven't uh, been outside yet. Um, we're, we're taping this on Thursday. Um, I understand you're on the cover of the Georgia Strait today, this week? That's right. Yeah, they put my mug on there by mistake, it seems. <laughs> well, what do you think it says about uh, the arts community here that um, uh, people are interested in what will happen on the 17th and 18th? I, I think it's just, you know, every city has to have art uh, community. That, that's just kind of, uh, I think, a given, and I think that anybody who has any investment in the city agrees with that. So I think this, I'm hoping this event strikes a chord with those people that, uh, you know, they live here, but they may be losing a big part of the heart of the city. So I think I think there's a feeling that that's happening more and more in the city, and, and people, I think, want to avoid that happening as much as possible. Yeah, it's been a, a rough uh, a couple of years or, or, or so, um, you know, just it, for, for audiences. I mean, to, to lose two full-time comedy clubs as well as the Kino. Have, have to, yeah, to, to and lose also these the Toast Collective is getting kicked out of there. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's one thing after another, it seems. Yeah, so I mean, for 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 comedians, I mean, that, that that's um, I mean, it's bad for audiences, I guess, but for comedians, it's it's tragic, isn't it? Because you you lose um, these places where one can say develop uh, their craft, uh, experiment, uh, develop the community amongst other comedians uh, mm-hmm. as well as audiences. Um, it's just a terrible time, isn't it? It is, and uh, you know what? Like, uh, despite all that. The scene here is incredibly strong. Yeah. Uh, in terms of talent, the the talent pool here is really deep, and and also the the scene has managed to hold on through bad times like this before, but they've never been this bad. So 
I have I have faith that the community is going to make it through, but it's not going to be easy. Indeed. So the, the starting Friday the 17th at 8 p.m., straight mm-hmm. through to Saturday the 18th at 8 p.m., um, I, I was thinking when I first heard this that it was going to be like a Jerry Lewis telethon, but but I guess it's just you, isn't it? It's just me. So be like if Jerry Lewis's telethon was just Jerry Lewis <laughs> for hours. And, and so, how do you prepare for? Uh, in, well, I'll ask you about physically and, and mentally in a moment. But but how do you prepare in terms of material? I mean, what will we hear if if we uh, go to uh, Little Mountain Gallery? Uh, Any time during during those twenty four hours, or, or I guess now we can stream it, can't we? That's right. Yeah, uh, and uh, there will be an easy way to donate to the cause through the uh, website. And um, you know, the the way I'm going to generate material is I have all the best comedians in Vancouver are going to be joining me and writing material in real time. Mm. Uh, so they're they're in shifts and they're like a like a a mini writer's room. They're just churning out jokes after jokes after jokes. And uh, it's a good, it's kind of like a good kind of triathlon kind of feeling uh, for the comedians. They all seem to really enjoy it. That's the thing about comedy, isn't it? It, it, it is a, a collaborative effort in many ways, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, even what I do, which is stand-up, uh, is, you know, kind of solitary. You're kind of on your own when it comes to that work, but everybody that does comedy is in the same community, and uh, you know, even just having a place like Little Mountain, that took so many people working together to make it happen, and to that point, like, there is, uh, there's nothing like it in Canada. It's kind of a singular entity, but it was, you know, built and maintained and reworked all by volunteers uh, making it a co-op. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. It's a marvelous space, and, and it, it is a tremendous loss to the community. Um, you mentioned um, other comedians coming and, and, and writing material. I mean, can you tell us some of the names, perhaps? Sure. I'm having uh, some of my all-time favorites. I've got Alicia Tobin coming out. I've got mm. Charlie Demers coming out. I have members of the Sunday Service are coming. I have uh, a bunch of young uh, up-and-comers, uh, too many to name, but... Uh, yeah, some like everybody on the show, I, I certify as hilarious. There, I was. The invitation was only extended to the most hilarious. <laughs> there you go. Um, how do you prepare physically and mentally for twenty-four hours of being awake? I'm gonna. One of the things I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get a massage the day before mm-hmm. and uh, kind of loosen up, and then I'm buying a brand new pair of shoes that are really comfortable shoes to wear the whole time. And, uh, you know what, you just got to drink a lot of coffee and then drink a lot of water to balance out all that coffee. Have, have you done something like this before? I mean, I guess I we've, we've all been up for 24 hours, but, I mean, it, it, up to perform, I guess, is the question. I've done this. I did it in 2019, and I did it in conjunction with a guy who kind of started this idea out in Toronto, Pat Thornton. We did, uh, we ran ours at the same time. Uh so 24 hours there and 24 hours here. And then now he's kind of retired from that, but I've kind of taken it up as something to do again, especially because it was just the, the perfect opportunity with with this space uh, having to close and, and, you know, being able to do this is like a good, um, you know, final farewell yeah. kind of to, to the space. Yeah. And um, the money raised, I mean, do you have an idea of what that will go towards yet? 
Yeah, what it's going to go towards is all the kind of money and work that needs to be done to find a new space. Uh-huh. So, you know, everything from uh, finding the space to filing for permits to uh, figuring out, like, what kind of upgrades things need to have, that all costs money. So it's just to get that ball rolling and help uh, assist that process because it needs to exist again. So it's not, I don't even think it's an option to just have it closed and let it be closed forever. We're going to find somewhere else. Do you have an idea of where in, in town it might be? Um, I don't really at this point. I think, you know, it's going to have to be somewhere where the rent is uh, payable. You know, that's the whole yeah. thing with an art space is you got to have a place that's in a neighborhood that feels like a neighborhood, but also is in a place that's cheap enough to keep it running, you know, when you're competing with everything from a condo to a Starbucks to, uh, you know, uh, whatever kind of chain store that might go in that space it's um it, you need to find some place that's cheap enough so usually that's a trade-off somewhere maybe the space itself needs a lot of work or uh, maybe the the neighborhood is rough around the edges we'll see yeah. but uh, yeah i don't know of any particular place yet yeah that's the thing about little mountain gallery 20 years ago i mean it, it was the only sort of art space in that neighborhood yeah and then you, you see how the, the city's changed with um, it now having to vacate, you know? And it feels like, I don't know what it feels like for you, but for me it feels like uh, the city's starting to really lose the soul of the city. Even though there's so many great people that are here and live and work here, it, it, it just seems the city itself wants to just become uh, all condos. That that's, mm. that's the only thing of any value worth yeah. building is, is, you know, and they have their place. People need places to live, but it does, just every place that gets demolished, that seems to be what goes in its place. It's not like, oh, well, this art space is closed and we'll open up a different art space. That kind of never happens. It just gets turned into, you know, whatever's in the bottom floor of a condo. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as uh, some of the articles, uh, one of the articles in the Strait suggested, you know, why not in the bottom floor, the the the, the ground floor of, of whatever's going in there now? But I guess um, a discussion on that, I mean, that'll take forever as well, right? Yeah, and, you know, like construction here, even though it seems like it's at a breakneck mm-hmm. uh, speed, I think a lot of this construction takes forever just in terms of permits and stuff like that. Indeed, yeah. So... Even if you had a commitment to that, that would be, you know, several years down the road. So we're, we're hoping to find a space that's vacant that already exists. Yeah. Are you still doing beard paintings? I've taken a break. I did a lot of them during the, the kind of the first chunk of the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I, I painted, I did a bunch of commissions, and then I burnt myself right out. Uh, so I'm taking a hiatus from it for the moment, but they're, they're not in the rearview mirror just yet. And, and that's the thing about you. I mean, if people know about you, um, a lot of those those paintings that you you made with your beard, um, you would sell, and and the proceeds would would go to charity as well, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was a fun. It made it. It kept it being a fun thing for me to do. Yeah, and that's that's the thing about you. You're you're always giving. I mean, especially with with this event on on um, these twenty four hours upcoming, um, you've always been someone who 
can be counted on to do something for somebody else or a group of other people? Well, I hope so. I mean, I you know, I'm in a lucky position to be able to do that. You know, it's uh, it's a privilege on my part to be able to engage in that kind of work. And it's you know, the the, the whole trade off is that it feels good. So it uh, feels good, and I'm just lucky to be able to do it. Um, stop podcasting yourself. I, I uh, unfortunately, as someone who who does a podcast himself, has, has little time to listen to other <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Like. And you can only be in the podcast world so much before you kind of start glitching out, I think. <laughs> but you, you guys have been at it for a long time. I mean, over 700 shows since, since 2008. Um, yeah. And, and the thing that I've noticed is, um, like, I, I do this from sort of the, the fall to the spring and then take a summer off. But you guys do it, it seems, 52 weeks a, week, a year, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. We only ever have missed one week, and it was years and years ago since I had the swine flu. I see. Possibly do it, but aside from that, it's been yeah every week for all those years. So it's uh, yeah. I think at the beginning of it, we should have figured out a way to just do seasons. (laughs) We didn't, so now we're locked into the uh, the schedule as it is. And and so um, I get asked all the time um, how long I'll continue to do my podcast or or. if I if I set out to do it for as long as I have, uh, yeah. I'm sure you get those questions all the time. Um, is there? I mean, for you and and Dave, this will this will be a thing that you'll you'll do for a little while longer at least, right? Yeah, the joke that we set out, I think, in the first episode is that we would do it for 1,200 episodes and then quit. Mm. So if that stays true, we still got to do it for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you've learned something about yourselves uh, as you do it every week? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've, I've definitely had the, the privilege and joy of seeing Dave kind of evolve from being a single guy to then a married guy, then a married guy with a child and now with two children. And, and it's just kind of been, I've been lucky to be part of that and uh, to view that firsthand and and you know for him i think he's got to see me uh have long hair and grow a longer longer beard and so i'm sure he feels joy in that <laughs> um do you got because it comes out every week do you do it at the same time every week no we just kind of whenever we can get the guest i we'll see kind of work around their schedule but um yeah like we try to keep it kind of uh, as regular as possible but yeah, it's just whenever we can get somebody. So sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's in the afternoon, sometimes like quite late at night. And uh, you know, they—if you listen to them carefully, you can tell which one is which. <laughs> it, it is um, on the on the occasions that I have listened to it, and I have listened to it more often than, than I've suggested heretofore. Right. Um, it, it is um, such an enjoyable. Form I, I do these, um, you know, they're about 20 minutes or so, or sometimes a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have that long time that you do have, um, and there's two of you and a guest, um, and the rhythm of it that, that develops with, 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 with just you and Dave, or, or if it's, you know, the three of you, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, the two of you and a guest, um, I guess that's the, the comedic background. You, you really do work together almost you know it's it's a rhythm that you develop right yeah and 
I think when we were kind of starting out, our idea was to write sketches. We thought we would write sketches together, and uh-huh. then we, we just ended up hanging out uh, a bunch, and then Dave kind of said, well, there's this kind of new thing, this podcast. I think we could do a podcast together. I think based on the fact that we were making each other laugh just hanging out, so yeah. then we, that's kind of why we did it, is we were hoping for um, you know some kind of collaboration anyways, and this just this was the kind of most natural thing that was born of it. You know, we were talking a moment ago about how the city is changing, especially, you know, with, with condos going up everywhere and all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who works as an artist, what's kept you in Vancouver? I mean, you you could have easily gone elsewhere uh, for work or, or, or um, you know, a, a more perhaps affordable place to live even. Um, why have you stayed? I It's, you know, it's much the same reason that I think anybody kind of stays anywhere, it's the people. It's the people that I know. It's the people I get to work with. Um, you know, the city itself is, is a beautiful city, and I like their kind of commitment to things like uh, being green and, and trying to be as diverse as possible. Um, but the city, the backdrop uh, doesn't matter as much as the people here. So it really is that that's what kept me here. I mean, the crowds have always been really good, but also very tough. So that's mm. always kept me on my game. I think if you, uh, a lot of cities have like a couple places where it's everybody does well all the time and then we don't have that. So it keeps you, it keeps you, uh, hungry. It keeps you sharp. Um, but yeah, it's been hard. It's been hard in the last decade for sure because, uh, you know, I know there's really good people at City Hall who are trying to make this work, and there are great community foundations at work trying to do this. It's just they're being outpaced by money. Mm. And so that's kind of it's sad to see, and it's sad to be a part of. And anybody who leaves, I don't question them for a second because it's tough. It's tough to be here doing this. But like I say, it's the people. The people are why I stay. You mentioned a moment ago that crowds here are tough, and I, I'm wondering where does that come from? Because it's um, I, I've been to shows, you know, outside of Vancouver, you know, let's say in in, in uh, the Tri Cities, or I, I think I've even been one in in uh, Surrey, certainly yeah. New West. Um, I, I remember one time in in, in the Tri Cities, um, I noticed the audience was laughing at everything, and and I, I thought to myself, well, if this was in you know Vancouver, they probably would not have laughed at that last line. Um, where do you think that that uh, that, that uh, toughness comes from? Do you think? I mean, is is it is it really savvy about comedy? Say, I don't know. That's a very good question because I don't know exactly what I would pin it on. But it's just always been, uh, you know, Vancouver can be very reserved. The people here, you don't get a lot of interaction just in daily life of talking to strangers and that kind of thing. It's a very kind of not cold, but very reserved, kind of kept-in kind of city. And so that translates, I think, to the audiences. You really have to open them up. Uh, they don't kind of come pre-baked. I mean, I've done shows in the States where people were applauding after the first joke that I told, mm. and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so I think it is. I think it's just the, the spirit of the city is kind of keeps yourself a little bit. And uh, and I think that does that translates into maybe audiences leaning back a bit and saying like, well, you you do the work. I'll I'll <laughs> sit here. You 
you bring us to the comedy, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and over the last 15 years, I mean, our, our access to comedy, say even at home with, with, with uh, streaming and, and, of course, podcasts, I mean, that's just grown, hasn't it? I mean, it, it, do you find that the, the, the audience for comedy can continuously build, say? Yeah, I think uh, the great thing about comedy now is that you can find comedy that you like. You can find stuff that specifically appeals to you. You can find it on streaming platforms or on podcasts or live. You get to see what you can choose, which it used to be just, there were just comedy clubs. Yeah. So you didn't have it, you just had to watch whoever was in the comedy club. There wasn't any other kind of place. And then kind of in the 90s, it started to change. And it was, you know, coffee shops and rock venues and all that kind of stuff. And now it's to the point where you you really can curate your whole comedy experience like never before. So, uh, you know, like it's it's a great time for that. And I think that that's uh, reflected in the kind of the change of technologies and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are the comedians that um, you grew up liking that, that perhaps you wanted to be like? Um, the stand-ups that I really liked when I was growing up, I, uh, I had a cassette with a guy I had to this joke, his name is Alan Havey, and I would listen to it on repeat over and over again, and uh, I just thought it was so funny. And then like a couple of years ago, there was a guy in town filming something, and he was doing sets around town. And I heard his voice, and I was like, "That sounds so so much like the guy from that tape." And it was him. Mm-hmm. And I told him that, that I was uh, obsessed with this bit, and he says, "You know, I still sometimes I do that bit still." So, yeah. so yeah, I really I liked him. He made me laugh my head off, and uh, I thought, you know, as a young person, I really thought Jerry Seinfeld was really quite funny, uh-huh. and. My dad had a bunch of records, so I listened to Steve Martin and Monty Python and uh, Woody Allen uh-huh. and, you know, at the time, probably Bill Cosby yeah. uh, and Chicha Chong, like all yeah. those kind of guys, just stuff that was a bit more out there than the, the kind of the mainstream stuff. And, uh, you know, of course, that stuff is all mainstream now, but back then, not as much. And... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to be funny like them, you know. I just, and then when I was a teenager, I saw Janine Garofalo, and uh, I thought that's it. That's the exact thing I want to do. She had her notepad up there. She's working on stuff. She had, uh, she was cool. She had a great attitude, and so uh-huh. that like really, really stuck in my mind. You know, when uh, the the clip that that I I go to uh, every so often of yours on online is the phone book, and yeah. Um, yeah. I can't tell you how, um, well, the first time I saw it, I enjoyed it a great deal. And then on every viewing, um, I learn a little bit about how it's like to perform, I guess. I mean, I'm not a performer. Um, but, um, I mean, for some people, they would see that and they would think it's just some guy holding a phone book and then he's just, you know, turning every page and then saying something or making it up as he goes along. But but there's a lot of work in that, isn't there? Yeah, there's a lot of work in it. Uh, with something like that, you have to have quite a bit of commitment to the bit mm. because it's uh, you got to carry that thing around with you and you got to bring it on stage. And if you don't do the bit, people are going to wonder why you have that phone book up there. <laughs> so you got to, you know, a lot of times with comedy, you can bail. 
you can bail on a bit that's not working or, you know, change the kind of trajectory of what you're doing with that set. But with the phone book, no way, man. That's one and done. So <laughs> it, it does. It takes a lot of, like, this is what I'm going to do tonight, no matter what happens. And, uh, and you know, over time, it really worked out. It really became a really, really fun thing to do. So where, where are you, the room that you're sitting in now, I'm assuming you're home, is that right? Yep. Do you have a phone book there? Not in my room, but I have one in a, on a shelf in my bedroom. See, so that's... I do have a phone book that I did that show with. And I think I have a backup phone book somewhere, too. Yeah, see, I wondered about that, because I, I was, I'm here in my office in Vancouver at home, and I don't have a phone book. I mean, I probably had one about 10 years ago. I used yeah, it to prop up my monitor, maybe. <laughs> it was really hard to find one. I had to keep an eye open, and really, I ended up buying one from a pizza place. <laughs> like, because I asked the guy what he does with it, and he said, I'll sell it to you for $5. And so I did. I, he, he knew he had me, so... <laughs> Uh, Graham, I've uh, been an admirer and a fan of your work for, for for a long time now. I appreciate your time today and, and uh, all the best on uh, December 17th. Uh, oh, yeah, it was so nice to talk to you. You're very easy to talk to, so thank you very much for that. Well, thank you, and, and uh, I guess I say break a leg to a comedian. I hope, I hope you raise a lot of money. I hope so, yeah, fingers crossed. The websites for more are, are GrahamClark.com and, of course, uh, for uh, this Friday and Saturday's event, StandUpFor24Hours.com. Uh, that's where you can uh, buy tickets as well as donate if you want to catch the, the uh, web stream. Uh, when, uh, Friday, the 17th of uh, December at 8 p.m. through to Saturday, the 18th of December. Graham Clark, join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planta.